Welcome to RPO Podcast. We are the apex of football media. We are sponsored by Inside the Hashes Network. I'm your host, Ryan Roberts. Joining me is fellow analysts, Alan Hollowell and Ray Roberts. If you've been watching us over the last couple weeks, we've been doing a draft segment every week for the 2019 draft class. This week, we're going back to the offensive side of the football, running back class. Now, the last two years, we've been a little spoiled, had a couple of the best classes we've seen in many years. So, Alan, I'm going to start with you. Give me a couple guys that are going to make their way to the top of the 2019 class. Right. Well, first of all, I'm going to go down to Sweet Home, Alabama, and, and Damian Harris, uh, 5'10", 216 pounds, the best pro-style running back in college football this upcoming season. He's had two straight 1,000-yard rushing uh, campaigns, and if he, uh, if he hits 1,000 yards this year, he'll be the first Alabama running back to have three straight 1,000-yard seasons in program history. Second, probably the most well-known uh, back coming back would be Bryce Love from Stanford University. Uh, he's a little bit smaller. Uh, he's 5'10", 196. He was the Dope Walker Award winner, Pac-12 Player of the Year, first-team All-American. Uh, he had over 2,000 yards rushing uh, with 19 TDs this past season, and if he hits 2,000 yards this upcoming season, he'll have over 5,000 for his career, which is just remarkable. He is absolutely elite at making the first guy miss um, big time um, when it comes to making the first guy miss, whether the guy is on his side of the line of scrimmage or downfield. Um, my dark horse, um, a guy who had had a little fluff uh, beginning of last year, uh, Jaquise Patrick from Florida State. He is an old school type back. He's 6'3", 235 pounds. Um, he was a dope walker, uh, watch list. Uh, running back going into 2017, but as you know, uh, Alabama beat up Florida State um, in the first game of the season. Uh, he didn't have a quarterback. He still had seven rushing TDs and 700 yards rushing, but they just stacked the box with him, so I'll be interested to see what he does this year. Now, Alan, Bryce Love, his size is a bit of a concern, I know, for people early on. He's only listed about 196. Do you have any any concerns about him? going on to the next level at that size? I think it'll keep him from being um, a real early pick. I mean, if you look at McCaffrey, he was still around the top 10 pick himself and, and being a little bit smaller, but it hasn't worked out great. And he, he didn't tear up the league last year. So I could see Bryce being probably a late to mid to late first round pick um, right now, just because of those concerns. But his film shows that he's as good as anybody. And it, as far as Damian Harris, what, what do you think his cap on is as far as draft status? Do you think he's oh. an early, early first? Oh, absolutely. I think he's a top fifth, probably a top ten pick, um, depending on how everything uh, shows goes out. But, I, you know, one concern with him, even though it probably shouldn't be, is people are going to say, well, you know, he's, he's had four years at Alabama to beat up his body. So he's got a lot of wear on, on, the, on the tires compared to most backs coming out. And people could say that with Bryce as well. Um, that could be a knock on him. I, I see it as probably a good thing. He's shown that he can he can produce year after year. All right, Ray. How about a couple of people for you? A couple of running backs to keep an eye on. Well, I have like three of them. I don't. I don't think any of the three guys I have are first round picks. I think um, they'll all be like second, third, maybe even one guy, maybe fourth round pick. First guy I have is um, David Montgomery from Iowa State. 
nice little power back, you know, not really um, probably the better of the three guys I have only because I've seen him catch the ball a little more than the other two guys I have on my list. But he's the first guy he had like 1100 over a little over 1100 yards last year, 4.4 yards a carry caught another 36 balls for like 296 yards. So pretty versatile type player, but again, just a North South type guy. Yeah. And then my second guy is, Mike Weber from Ohio State. Again, all the guys I have are a little thicker, like between 215 and 230. Mm-hmm. Again, good player. Actually had a little bit better year, like two years ago than he did this past year. Got a little banged up, but then didn't play as well. Well, he was a, he was a kid that kind of exploded onto the scene as a redshirt sophomore. He had over 1,000 yards, and then he was kind of banged up going into the season. And then they had this, this freshman come in this year who – just lit it up, um, and then he was kind of splitting carries down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But he still ended up pretty strong. He had a couple nice games late in the he season. Only, he only had a little over 600 yards, but he averaged 6.2 yards a carry. Right. Again, like he played – in the beginning of the year, he didn't do a whole lot because he was banged up. He did score 10 touchdowns and caught 10 balls for like 90-some yards. Right. Again, I don't think he's a great receiver. I think he's definitely a north-south north, north south type guy. But a nice, I think a nice player probably – Probably a third or fourth, even fourth round pick, probably, I would think. And then my last guy is LJ Scott from Michigan State. I think he he may have the best upside of all three of these guys if he would take football more, a little bit more serious and maybe use a little weight. Because right now he's like 6'1, like 230. If he were between 220, 215, and 225, he'd probably be a better player. I think he can catch the ball. I don't know if he's that consistent they don't they had didn't really ask him to do it a lot of michigan state but mm. i mean he's caught like 20 balls for like a little over 100 yards and a touchdown and again he averaged four and a half yards of carry and he only had 898 yards but that's because he, he kind of shares carries with us there right so and that's my three guys as far as those three guys you said that lj scott may have the biggest upside at the current state who do you think is the best football player of your three david montgomery david montgomery yeah Okay. Yeah. Why? Because you just think he's the most versatile player? Um, yeah, he's the most versatile. He had the most reset. He produced the most in college more consistently than the other two guys. Right. Yeah. So for my list, I took three guys. All three are very different backs. I kind of wanted to cover uh, different types because that's what NFL teams look for. If they're not looking for an every down back, they're looking for a guy that can contribute on third down, maybe a guy that can contribute on the goal line in short yardage situations. So my first guy is a SEC back that doesn't get enough notoriety, in my opinion, and that's Benny Snell Jr. from Kentucky. Uh, last two years, first two years, he's run for over 2,400 yards, 2,424, 32 touchdowns. He's averaging 5.4 yards a carry in the tough defense of SEC. Uh, the only concern I have about him, because uh, I think that he is he's a tough back, he has underrated speed, he has great lean, and he finishes runs. The only concern, however, is only 12 catches in two years. So that may limit exactly what his value is to an NFL team. They would not, might not consider him a three-down back due to that. Uh, another guy, a smaller back. So I'm going to go Miles Gaskin, uh, University of Washington, a kid that's run for over 1,300 yards three straight years. He's run for 45 touchdowns, 4,055 yards, uh, 21, t- 21 touchdowns last season rushing. He's also a kid that can catch the ball. Size concerns. We were talking about Bryce Love earlier. Last year, Gaskin was listed at 191 at about 510. Word is that he's up to about 203 in the offseason, so that would help him. We have to see if he still has his quickness in the hole uh, with the added weight, but he definitely has some movement skills. And then my last guy, I went for a small school sleeper. 
Bruce Anderson, running back from North Dakota State. I've seen this guy. Uh, he flashed as a freshman and sophomore. Then this past year, he became the every down back, ran for over 1,200, 12 touchdowns, solid size at 5'11", 211, has some very nice receiving skills out of the backfield. He's more of a one-cut runner, but he, he has a very good knack for making the first guy miss in the hole, which is an underrated aspect of people's games. There's a lot of guys that can hit a hole, but you have to make, the guys that can make that first defender miss in the hole and then get to the second or third level is the undervalued person in the NFL right now. My question for everybody is, how much value do you give to these running backs that produce in the SEC specifically? Because when I went through my list, I went a small school guy, then I went a Pac-12 guy. Some people might knock a guy like Miles Gaskin for producing in a bad defensive conference in the Pac-12. So for Allen or Ray, whoever wants to jump in, how much value do you give to a guy producing in the SEC? Is that the toughest conference to run in? And do you think that it shows a lot for their NFL potential? I think it, 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 if you have two players that you grade out pretty similar, I think it gives that kid the bump, the player that played in the SEC, just because it's closer to the NFL than anything else. Uh, but in the same sense, I would not hold it against a Pac-12 running back. As you can see in the, in the league, there's plenty of them that's, that's produced. I agree with what Alan said. I think when you have when you play in the SEC, you obviously play against the best talent, you know. So if you produce when you play in that conference, it's going to matter to to the teams. But the other the other conferences are, you know, I mean, it's it's more along if, if you have good game tape and you break tackles, no matter what conference you play in, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to make you, you know, there people are going to look at that. But I do think that the everybody looks at the SEC and thinks that. That's the best conference. It, does, it absolutely means so. Right. So for the fans listening out there, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at InsideHashes and on Instagram at InsideTheHashes. And if you sport nut like us, you want to jump on the Facebook group, it's Inside the Hashes Sports Talk. We have a closed group there. Just request to join. I'll add you in. Some nice guys just talking football. Uh, nobody gets snippy in there too much. We just like to talk a lot of football. So. That being said, we're moving on to a segment that we're very happy to get out there for everybody. So this one is our personal college football ultimate teams. Here are the rules. It's a draft. You can draft any current college football player in all of college football, any level. He just has to be currently in college football. So how we're going to do it is tonight's episode is going to be skill position offensive players. So rules are you need at least one quarterback. At least one running back, one wide receiver, and then whatever else you need to fit your offensive scheme. So depending on what scheme you are, that might be three running backs. It might be two. It might be three wide receivers. It might be four wide receivers. So we're going to make six picks tonight in a snake draft. So we're going to each explain kind of our offensive philosophy as we're picking so that we can kind of give the listeners a little view into the minds of what we like. So. We already did the pull the hat. Alan will have the first pick, followed by Ray, and then myself. And then it'll turn into a snake draft after that. I will have the first pick of the second round and vice versa. So we have 30 seconds to pick. Make your pick. Tell us why. Alan, you are on the clock. Well, I'm going to run a uh, pro-style offense and a more like the New England Patriots. I'm going to have a two-tight end set. So I'm going to have two tight ends on the on the field along with two receivers and one running back. 
Uh, when I'm looking for a tight end, I want some versatility, but also some size because I'm going to run the football. I want a back that's consistent. I want one receiver that's a home run threat, and I want one that's more of a bigger possession type guy. Um, and this really hurts me to do, but I see college football this upcoming season, and I don't see many big-time receivers um, with elite speed. There's only a few, and I'm going to need one of those to, to have my offense at the top of the level. And, and so with the first pick, I'm going to pass on receiver and take the best player in college football, Bryce Love, running back to Stanford. He, believe it or not, he is a little undersized compared to most backs in the, in the league. He's 5'10", 196. Um, but the guy, the guy makes the first guy miss. So if I call a bad play and there's someone in the backfield or someone misses their block, he's going to make those guys miss and pick up yards. He should hit 5,000 yards for his career this season. He can catch the ball on the backfield. He's versatile. You can run many different types of teams. Bryce Love, Stanford, first pick. Interesting pick. Not going quarterback with the first pick. Let's see. Um, it was tough, but I saw about five quarterbacks. They all kind of seemed the same to me. Need to see who plays out the best this season. Um, there wasn't another running back that will make my team um, that much explosive. Okay. Defensive player in college football. All right. Ray, on the clock. Okay, well, with my team, I'm going to run the Navy triple option. I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to need, obviously, a quarterback who can run and also pass the ball. I'm going to need three backs. I'm going to run a wide receiver and a tight end. You know, my, my wide receivers will be, like, more like possession-type guys, but I want them to be guys who can go downfield, but I also need them to be able to block, obviously, because that's what my offense is. Um, and I'm going to go away from fantasy football. My first pick is going to be Khalil Tate. Quarterback from Arizona. I must say, if you're running a any type of option, Khalil Tate might be the guy in college football right now. Like the pick. So I like the pick too because I couldn't use him on my team, and I'm just glad he's out of <laughs> He actually was on my quarterback board, but it's all good. Not all anymore. Good. <laughs> he's not anymore. Exactly. All right. So my offense. We're going to run a pistol single back offense. I'm going to have two wide receivers at all times. They're both going to be spread out to the hashes mostly because I'm going to have a tight end in the game in my base and a wing back, a flexed wing. So that flexed wing is going to be a hybrid tight end. Might be able to go on the slot from time to time. My wide receivers on the outside need to be able to threaten uh, deep because they're going to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverages, but they're also going to need to be able to go across the middle because I'm going to do a lot of a lot of movement. So the you know drags, crosses, all these kind of things are going to be very important. My running back is going to have to be a physical one because I'm going to run a whole lot of power read at everybody. Okay, not zone read. I'm running a power gap power offense. So power reads big. So I'm going a little off the wall. My first pick. My first pick is going to be H back slash tight ends. No offense. From Iowa. Now, nobody would ever pick a tight end this early, but I need this guy to be able to not only stay on the wing, maybe do some inline blocking, but he can also split out into the slot. So that guy last year had 11 touchdown catches in his first year as a starter at Iowa. He's got a lot of game-breaking speed. He can take the top off the defense. 
That's my guy with my first pick. And luckily, I have back-to-back picks. So, my second guy is going to be A.J. Brown, wide receiver from Ole Miss. He is a guy that's 6'1", 225. He can threaten vertically, but the thing he does is he blocks. He comes across the middle. He's a tough physical receiver. I have my passing game options already on the books. So with that being said, Ray, you are back on the clock. Okay, well, with my second pick, of course, since I'm going to run a triple option, I do need a good running back, especially when I dive back and take pressure off everybody else. <laughs> so I'm going to take the second best running back in college football, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Woo! All right. Jonathan Taylor off the board. All right, so Jonathan Taylor is slightly smaller than what a Navy offense would consider a dive back. Explain the pick to the viewers. Well, he's 218. He can get tough yardage. But once he gets past that initial line, he can break place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need my, like you know, I need my other two guys to be like wing guys, guys that are a little bit look first or we catch the ball, whatever. This is going to be like my bread and butter guy. Yeah, you know? that'd be your battering ram. Exactly. All right, so Alan. You have back-to-back picks, my friend. Yeah, well, you took the best receiver off the board, so props to you. It's a great pick by yourself. But in my offense, I've got to have a home run threat. I've got to have a guy that will go get it, put up production, but can catch the ball underneath. And and there is one guy that sticks out more than anyone, and he was hurt a good part of last year, and that is Debo Samuel uh, mm. from South Carolina University. Most electrifying player in college football. He had a he has had 166 catches for almost 3,000 yards and get this 36 touchdowns in his career so far. And he broke his leg in, in week three, so he he didn't play a lot of football last year. So Debo Samuel uh, will is, be my second round pick. Is there any uh, jet sweep in your future with Debo? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> jet sweep RPOs with him. Uh, he's just a big-time player, and if I didn't have him, my offense would be stagnant. All right. So you have back-to-back picks, so you are on the clock again. Uh, my next pick, I'm I'm going to have to go get myself a tight end. And uh, with this tight end pick, it's going to have to be someone that is um, that is versatile, that I can put out in the slot at receiver, or he's stout enough at the point of contact, I can have him on the line um, blocking. And I'm going to go to... Stanford University and select Caden Smith. He's a 6'5", 205-pound, former five-star recruit. He's all-pack 12 team. He will do a lot of your dirty work. He had here in the, in the past game. Last year, five touchdown catches as a tight end. Um, will be a nice red zone threat to my offense. Nice. I He was second on my H-back list, so great pick. That, Ray, you are on... Uh, clock. Let's review your first two picks. You got your quarterback, Khalil Tate. You have your dive back, Jonathan Taylor. So now I'm going to look for a playmaker wide receiver. Again, someone who can make plays downfield, you know, good height and everything, good weight. But someone who also is a willing blocker. And that guy's going to be Anthony Johnson from Buffalo. 6'2", 2'10". Nice player. If anybody, if any of the viewers haven't seen Anthony Johnson, you need to go check him out and his quarterback. They're both very good players. Great, so, great, think, great pick. That was my number two to three receiver on the board. He will be a, he will be big time this year. From Rock Hill, South Carolina, by the way. 
Nice. I, I see. Uh, I see that his quarterback is getting a lot of love too. Early in the prospect, Tyree Jackson, six seven, two hundred forty five pound quarterback that we may revisit down the road. But I'm on the clock, so I have drafted a tight end, no offense. I've drafted a wide receiver, AJ Brown. So I think it might be time to get my get my trigger man. Quarterback for me will be Mr. Will Greer, quarterback, West Virginia. So my offense is going to be a lot of motion, going to be a lot of trading. There's going to be a lot of bootlegs, a lot of play action. I need a quarterback that can threaten them with the, with the feet enough. So Will Greer is my guy. He can extend the pocket. He's, he's a smaller guy, about 6'2", 210, 215, but he can extend the pocket. He throws a great catchable pass. He's very accurate on the run. Like I said, he does enough with his legs to threaten everybody on the on the power read. I uh, just think he needs to keep people honest. So that's my trigger man with my third hit. And that actually means I have back-to-back again, right? Yep. So let's see what I'm looking at here. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So with my next pick, I'm going to take David Sills. Wide receiver from West Virginia. My man caught 18 touchdowns last year. He's a, he's got the, the chemistry down with Will Greer. He's another tall kid, about six three, six four. He can threaten outside the hashes, which is what I need from him. He's a great route runner. Back shoulder fades are huge with him. So he's my guy with that pick. Leaving Ray next on the clock. Okay, well for the next pick, I'm going to take. I'm going to reach a little bit. I do need three backs, so my next back is going to be my one of my wing guys, and it's going to be DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Hmm. As a wing back, eh? Yep. I must say, I don't think I've ever seen a 220-pound wing back. There you go. <laughs> I do like him, though. They, they actually give him a lot of tosses on the perimeter. They give him jet sweeps so he could threaten the outside. But I don't think it's a bad pick. It's just an interesting kind of pairing at that wing position. I'm sure he's a good blocker, too, at the wing spot. And he can catch the ball, which in the Navy offense, wingbacks must be able to catch the ball. So, Alan, you are now on the clock, my friend. All right, so time to get a quarterback for Alan, okay? And there's two guys I, I look at here. I look at Tua at Alabama and Justin Herbert from Oregon, okay? Tua has, has played in a pro-style offense um, at the, the University of Alabama. Justin Herbert, even though he's he's a typical cool, typical pro quarterback, he's played a little bit different type of offense at the University of Oregon. But I like big quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, 6'6", he's 230 pounds. He has 32 TDs this past season with only seven INTs, and he also has seven rushing touchdowns. Um, he would be a great addition to my team. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy cheap and sell high. I'm gonna go with Tua, quarterback from Alabama. Ooh, my offense. I already wrote Justin Herbert down there. Me too. Cross me up. Tua. Can you can you say Tua's last name for me? How do you say that? I have no idea. <laughs> Should I just scrap Justin? I just wanted to hear you butcher it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, Alan, actually, I'd like that pick a little better because I was actually going to ask you how you thought Justin Herbert 
would transition since he actually is in a more of a spread scheme at Oregon. Well, not more of a spread scheme, the ultimate spread scheme at Oregon. So I like the pick. I like it a lot. And again, you have back to back, sir. So all right, I'm going to go back to the tight end spot, and I've got to find myself a traditional tight end. Okay, Caden Smith will kind of be my H back. He'll be a tight end. I can put him in the slot, do a lot of different things. But this guy has really got to be um, a guy that can add a couple, a catch or two a game, be real physical in, in, in the uh, run game, and give me a red zone threat. And I'm going to go to Michigan State. I'm going to go with their 6'6", 260-pound tight end, Matt Skoll. He's a four-year letterman. He's averaging about one TD a year, about 200 yards receiving. Two-time all-conference, uh, academic all-conference, smart guy. Not a sexy pick, um, but he's going to help out my offense quite a bit at full Michigan State. All right, let's do a quick update for the listeners who are listening in. That means that Allen right now, a quarterback, has Tua. I'm not even going to try the last name. Running back, he has Bryce Love, who said he's going to be his do-it-everything back, be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, run any multiple of systems, multiple of carries. Then he has Debo Samuel out wide, Caden Smith as his H-back, and Matt Sokol from Michigan State as his inline traditional tight ends. With that, Ray, you are on the clock. Okay, well, what my other will be Justice Hill from Oklahoma State. All right. Now that is a guy that fits the mold a little better. Five, was he 5'10", 185? Yeah. He's got some speed on the corner. Very good. Well, I did have one question for you, though, Ray. As far as now that you have Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, who are a little bit of bigger backs, would you alternate them as dive back and wing back, or would you keep one specifically as the dive back? I would use Jonathan Taylor probably a little more, but I could use I could obviously use either one of them. And obviously, we're only picking the six players, but I'm going to have other guys that maybe are more traditional wing backs. I just think that DeAndre Swift could get out there and catch the ball. And if I'm going to take a value pick, I'll take him there. And, yeah, but I could use him as a dive back. Okay. So for my for my pistol ace offense, that's what I'm going to call it, I need a running back and I need a guy that can be like an inline tight end and maybe could flex out wide in the slot from time to time. So – with this pick, I don't think anybody's going to take my running back, so I'm not really worried about him getting taken anymore. So I'm going to go with my wild card. This guy's a redshirt sophomore. He had double-digit touchdowns last year as a freshman. Please forgive me if I butcher this last name, but it's Albert Oku. Wait one second. It's Albert Okwubanum from Missouri. He is a 6'5", 260-pound tight end. Like I said, he had double-digit touchdown catches last year. He also is a guy that can threaten the seam. And in my offense, I actually need my my tight end to be able to threaten that safety, okay? Because I have, in my offense, I need a tight end that's going to be able to threaten the seam. Because with my wide receivers, I'm going to run a lot of crossing routes out off of play action. So I need someone to be able to carry that safety deep. My man, Albert, from Missouri, is that guy with that huge frame, He's kind of a Jermaine Gresham type of player. He's got that big frame, but he's a little sneaky down the middle of the field. So that's my pick. Albert, try it again. Albert Akwubanum from Missouri. And, Ray, you are back on the clock for your last pick? Yep. Your last pick. 
Obviously, um, the only player I haven't taken is a tight end now. And I'm going to take a guy who's a, a good, solid receiver and also a really blocker, and that is C.J. Conrad from Kentucky. <laughs> Does Alan like that pick? I love that pick. I was going to draft him. Oh, yeah? Oh, he stole him from you. So let's just be honest, everybody. If this was really fantasy football, I win. I don't know. You're, you're starting tight end only at like 19 touchdown catches last year. I mean, 19 catches. You're starting tight end only at 19 catches last year, so I don't know. My two tight ends combined last year, I think I had like 22 touchdowns or something like that. So I think I might win in that aspect of it. But moving on. So with that being said, am I back on the clock? No, Alan's on the clock, right? Alan, yep. you are on the Alan clock. Has, yes. You have – this is your last pick, Alan. Yeah, I've um, I've got to go out and, and find myself a a what I would call a Z receiver, strong side wide receiver. I've got uh, got Debo on the on the other side. I've got a couple of nice tight ends. I can do some things with a great running back. Um, receiver crops a little thin right now. Okay, it's a little thin. I'm thinking about going with Henry from uh, Arizona State. He's a big, big, uh, big receiver, but. Uh, you know, gonna gonna think about that, but I'm gonna go best player available. I'll find me a receiver later. I'm gonna go tight end Caleb Wilson out of UCLA. Tight end oh. Caleb Wilson out of UCLA. He's he's mobile enough. I can put him at, at Z. I can I can run a three tight end set also with him. Really creates the matchup problems. Goal line. I'm gonna be set. Caleb Wilson. I can I can find some band member to throw a Z wide receiver when when I want to stick someone out there. I'll go Caleb Wilson tight end UCLA. I actually love that pick. He I, was a high school quarterback. I saw one game last year. We had 15 catches for over 200 yards before he got hurt. He was killing it with Josh Rosen in that UCLA offense. That's an interesting pick as a big wide receiver H back type of player. Yeah, I agree. Best friends. Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. That's a great pick. He's probably the most, the best receiving tight end in college football. And, again, I thought about taking him, too, but I need a guy who's a little bit more of a physical blocker than he is. Right. I'm, I'm off the record, I'm in – him and Conrad from Kentucky. Love those guys. Yeah. Right. So, with that, looks like I have Mr. Irrelevant for our skill position offensive players. So the only position I haven't picked, which is a little weird, I'm a big run first guy, but I haven't picked a running back yet until my sixth pick. So my two options are down. I need a big bruiser for this power read running scheme I'm talking about. So it's down between Benny Snell and running back from Boston College, A.J. Dillon, who was a true freshman last year. And I am going with A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Six foot, 240 pounds. He's a battering ram. He's a physical physical runner he looks like a little tank so that is my guy to run the power read with so with that that, in, that concludes our offensive skill position players so let's take a look at just the, around the teams i'm gonna go team by team and then maybe we can throw out a couple questions alan tua rice love debo samuel then you took caden smith matt sokol caleb wilson triple down on the tight ends triple down on the tight ends so, since you went triple down to tight ends, that means that you only took one true wide receiver, Debo Samuel. Explain to, explain to the viewers again what set him apart to be the only receiver that you took in this, mock, in this draft. 
Well, I felt like um, you took you took the best wide receiver in AJ out of um, out of Ole Miss. I really like Johnson out of Buffalo. Anthony Johnson, he wasn't there later rounds when I was going to take him. But Debo Samuel, he is he's a guy that you've got to keep the safety over the top for, and that's going to keep people out of the box. You have to, you're going to have to be able to keep your secondary honest um, and and really keep some people, like I said, keep some people out of the box. He just opens up my offense. If not, I'm going to a triple option wing T, run the ball all the time type of offense. He's, he's a guy that will set it apart. And, Ray, back on your team, Khalil Tate, quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and Justice Hill are your running backs. You have Anthony Johnson out wide and C.J. Conrad, who's kind of your tight end, H-back type of player. So my question for you, I mean, we've already went over the, the H-back position. C.J. Conrad, he sort of plays in a H-back more role. What makes you think that he can be that inline guy in your triple option scheme? He's 245 pounds. Everything I read that said that he's a good wheeling blocker. I mean, again, he, he plays in a little bit of a system where they kind of throw the ball a decent amount. So I think that um, he doesn't get a chance to really show that he is a good blocker. And I just, again, I just went for the best athlete and a guy that I looks and seems like he could be a physical player. Ray, why not in that offense, why not go with like a Matt Scola from Michigan State, a guy that's basically an offensive lineman in that type of set? Um, I actually thought about that, but I just thought, um, I think that, again, he, he's a Conrad is a little bit more versatile as far as getting downfield, and right, right. nothing drives you crazy more than a, a team that run, 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 and all of a sudden the guy's wide open, like, oh, God, who had him, you know? Right. So looking at my team, which I might be a little biased here, but I would say is the best team. I have Will Greer, quarterback. A.J. Dillon is my running back, my power back. Tight end, Albert Bonham, H-back, Noah Fance from Iowa. I have A.J. Brown, best wide receiver in college football from Ole Miss. And I have David Sills, who has a big rapport with my quarterback at the other boundary wide receiver. So... When I take a look at my team, I see a lot of versatility. I see two tight ends that can kind of can split out into the slot. They can play in line. They can play a little bit H-back. And I have two wide receivers that have sim- not really similar, but they're both bigger body guys that are going to be able to play outside the hashes and make it, make corners play far outside so that that power read right off the tackle is going to be something nice to look at. Uh, Ron, why, uh, why wait so long to get a running back? And what was the reasoning for going over with uh, Greer off of uh, some of the other quarterbacks? So as far as the running back, I didn't plan on waiting that long, but I I just wanted a big physical running back. When I saw the first couple picks, Benny Snell and A.J. Dillon were still on the board, I kind of decided to hold off as long as possible because I just wanted one of them. So at the end, I had my pick of either one. So I think it worked out. And as far as... Will Greer is my quarterback. Again, I need someone that is a a guy that can threaten with his, with his legs, who can extend the pocket, who's deadly accurate on the run, in the pocket. And I think he's just the guy that, off of play action, he's probably the best player in college football. So, next week, to continue our ultimate team college football draft, we're going to be picking the offensive line position. We're picking the offensive line position. With that, don't think that this is going to be a boring episode because we have players 
that are going to be scheme specific to what we're looking for. We're going to be scheme specific to what we're looking for. So if Allen is running more of a gap power offense, he's not going to pick a guard that's a little undersized. That's more of a zone scheme. Same thing with Ray. And we're running the triple option. He's not going to look necessarily for a big mauler. He's going to look for a guy that can kind of get up to the second level, can make cutoff blocks, can cut most specifically. They, I mean, everyone knows watching the Navy triple option, they, they cut every play. And for me, I'm not going to look for a small, undersized pass, pass protector. I'm going to look for a guy that can move somebody off the football. So please join us for that next week. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias inside the hashes. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group inside the hashes draft talk. Make sure to comment on our, on this video. Let us know what you think about the pick, who has the best pick. Cause when we get down to it, after we have our, our teams all lined up, we're going to do a kind of head to head debate on what team would beat which team. Everyone already knows that my team is going to win because that's just what happens. But we're always up for a good debate, okay? That will conclude this episode of RPO Podcast. Thank you to all the listeners joining us tonight. This is Ryan, Allen, and Ray representing the Inside the Hashes Network. Have a great night.